1: Some of the greatest Christian minds and most brilliant leaders have differed over the centuries on these secondary issues. And so in the weeks to come, we want to consider some of these secondary issues so that we as a church family know where we stand and why. What are secondary issues?
0: Well, they're issues that divide us but don't impact our salvation. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, a daily visit from the church and an outreach of the congregation. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you have joined us as Pastor Leighton begins a new series. It'll take us through the week talking about doctrine.
1: It's uh, from the Latin word doctrina, which means to teach, uh, but basically, doctrine is Christian truth and teaching that's been passed from generation to generation since the time of the Apostles. And uh, it refers to a comprehensive pattern of Christian truth that's been revealed in the Scriptures. It refers to the body of beliefs that are held by Uh, Christian churches universally, and then it can also be used to apply to the beliefs of a specific denomination or a specific church. Doctrine and systematic theology are related. Uh, Wayne Grudem wrote, systematic theology is any study that answers the question, what does the whole Bible teach us today about any given topic? This definition indicates that systematic theology involves collecting and understanding all the relevant passages in the Bible on various topics and then summarizing the teachings clearly so that we know what to believe about each topic. Ed Stetzer identified a connection between doctrine and biblical literacy. He says that fewer and fewer people know what the Bible actually says about key moral and theological issues. They're biblically illiterate because they have forsaken doctrine. He said, if we forsake doctrine, we end up creating theological beliefs in our own image driven by the winds of our age. We manufacture a theology, we manufacture an imaginative uh, uh, exposition of the scripture. One of the reasons that religious hooliganism is on the rise in America is because many Americans do not know what the Bible really says. They don't know Christian doctrine." Now there are doctrines that all Christians, all true Christians have held since the days of the apostles. These are the core or cardinal or essential doctrines. They are the core teachings uh, that have been held for 2,000 years and virtually all Christians and churches hold to some form of these basic doctrines. Uh, They may vary a little bit on how they work out the details of the faith but they all agree on the essential doctrines. There are also secondary doctrines that vary between church traditions, denominations, and individuals. This is true today. It's been true throughout church history. Some of the greatest Christian minds and most brilliant leaders have differed over the centuries on these secondary issues. And So in the weeks to come, we want to consider some of these secondary issues so that we as a church family know where we stand and why. And part of the reason for this is to protect our church family from those who have an agenda to use secondary doctrines as a means of sowing dissension and division in our midst. In fact, as we were thinking about and praying about this sermon series, one of the earlier iterations uh, was to describe it as doctrines that divide. And then it occurred to us that in order for us to understand and appreciate the doctrines that divide, we needed to understand the doctrines that unite so we'd have a contrast and be able to know that. So uh, that's how the uh, sermon series developed. It is our desire as a church family to behave in a manner that has been described by Rupertus Maldinis many years ago. He said, In essentials, unity, in non essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. In essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. In the essentials of the faith, we must have unity. We must agree. In secondary matters, if we do disagree, then we need to agree to disagree agreeably. And then in all things, we must show charity. The Apostle John, as he was coming to the end of his life, would be brought into the midst, and he was weak, and his voice was weak. And you would say, little children, love one another, love one another, love one another. Because if our church family is not filled with Christian love, then it just becomes a place of religion. Sound doctrine is important. It shapes and molds the people of God for life and service in this world. And it also has a profound effect upon where we spend eternity. Sound doctrine affects salvation. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So sound doctrine affects salvation. Sound doctrine facilitates a cohesive explanation of our faith. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So having a sound doctrine facilitates an explanation of our faith. Sound doctrine may lead others to repentance. 2 Timothy 2.25 says, And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. So, sound doctrine might lead others to repentance. Sound doctrine leads to growth and maturity. Colossians one twenty eight says, Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone, and instructing everyone in all wisdom, that is, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, that we may present every person mature, full-grown, fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ the Anointed One. So, sound doctrine leads to growth and maturity in Christ. Sound doctrine is necessary for effective service. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, sound doctrine is necessary for effective service. Sound doctrine also leads to personal enrichment and blessing. Psalm 19 says the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are warning to your servant, a great reward to those who obey them. Sound doctrine leads to personal enrichment and blessing. J.I. Packer wrote, there can be no spiritual health without doctrinal knowledge. Now Jesus commissioned the church to teach doctrine. In what has become known as the Great Commission, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teaching them. The church is a place of teaching. And that's why our Sunday school classes resemble classrooms. And our sanctuary resembles a lecture hall. The church is a place of teaching. And furthermore, the church is commanded to teach disciples to observe all that I have commanded you. All that the God has commanded is found in God's Word, and that's why we teach God's Word. The Christian church cannot avoid teaching, and so it must formulate a framework for understanding and teaching the principles of the faith and developing these doctrines into a more comprehensive understanding and application. And without this framework, a church doesn't have a system of belief and therefore no way of discriminating between what's true and what's false. In mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis makes a great analogy. He says, doctrines are like maps. They are not the reality and may not be as exciting as reality, but they chart reality for us in a vital way. Just as studying a map of the shore of the Atlantic, we might say the Pacific Ocean, is not as exciting as walking along the coast itself, so studying the doctrine of atonement is not exactly the same as experiencing the cross itself. But the purpose of a map is to represent, graph, and explain the reality. If you want to find your way, you need to have a reliable map, and we should consult it frequently. Well, the map... The foundation, the source book, the authority for developing doctrine is the Bible. The Bible is profitable for teaching, 2 Timothy 3.16, and it forms the structure, the content, and the authority for the development of doctrine. The content of Christian doctrine is derived from a, a careful consideration of the totality of what the Bible teaches in any particular topic and doctrines are developed as Christians seek to understand and apply the contents of the Bible. Once formulated, these doctrines are often expressed in a form of catechism or creed or confession. Every Christian denomination expresses its belief in some doctrinal form and every individual Christian needs to have an understanding of Christian doctrine in order to give an answer or a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. You know most Christians do systematic theology every week and and we don't even realize that we're doing it. For example if you say the Bible says that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved or the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the only way to God or the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming again, these are summaries of what the Bible teaches, and as such, they are systematic theological statements.
0: I really appreciate the process that Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno takes us through each day, a systematic look verse by verse of different passages in the Word of God. And we will continue with more as we share the Tuesday edition of our broadcast tomorrow at this same time. This is a non-profit outreach from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. You can contribute to this ministry. You can join with us as a financial partner by going to the website, studyversebyverse.com. And, of course, information about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is on that website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. As always, we appreciate the fact that you have shared a few of your precious minutes today with us. Enjoy the rest of your day and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.